I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Let your worries go. And let any tension in your body go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. All right. At this time, I would like to thank those listeners who wrote me your feedback. Thank you, and I appreciate you. I also find it interesting that a number of you wanting me to speak more on the emotion of shame. So, as usual, your wish is my command. So let's talk shame. Well, I am sure many of you would agree with me when I say being human is messy. And when we talk shame, the first person that pops into my head is Dr. Brene Brown, and I am sure a lot of you know who she is as well. Dr. Brene Brown has been studying human connections for the last 
two decades, if not more. And she thinks the complexity of emotions ultimately comes down to the fact that human beings are so messy. In quotation marks. I'm not sure if any one of you can remember her TED talk. Uh, Brene Brown discusses the differences between shame, guilt, blame, embarrassment, and humiliation. If my memory serves me correctly, according to Dr. Brene Brown, shame is insecurity that attaches to self-identity and gets in the way of action or vulnerability. So, according to her, it causes people to believe that they are unworthy or unlovable. Let's say if you feel shame about the way you look, and someone rejects you romantically. You may believe that you are not attractive enough. Quotation marks, and therefore diminishing your self-worth in the process. Shame relies on people believing that their experience with insecurity is unrelatable, creating a sense of loneliness. So this often causes people to believe that no one else could possibly understand their situation, leading to the development of three factors that allow shame to grow in secrecy, in silence, and in judgment. For instance, a common form of shame is known as imposter syndrome, or the feeling that you are a fraud. So imposter syndrome requires that you believe that the people around you are more qualified than you are and can't understand your insecurity. Now this may lead you to keep your fears to yourself in silence, obviously, and prevent others from seeing any potential weaknesses in secrecy again, and increase your awareness of the failures of others in judgment. Now, my audience, one important point to remember: although shame feels isolating, no doubt, everyone experiences it. Okay, maybe with the exception of severe psychopaths. So, while no one wants to share their insecurities, talking about shame is the only way to diminish its power. Because once you know that you are not alone, shame loses its leverage. Now, Dr. Brene Brown also explained、uh, the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is attached to an action of behavior, not your identity. Guilt makes you say something like, "Well, that was a bad decision." Guilt can be a useful tool to stop making poor decisions. For example, an alcoholic feeling guilt about a relapse usually won't give up on recovery, right? Because while they know they made a bad decision, they don't believe they are a bad person. Now, shame, on the other hand, is attached. To identity, not to an action or behavior. Shame makes you say, "I am a bad person," and more often than not, shame causes people to fall further into unhealthy behavior. For example, an alcoholic feeling shame about their relapse will often spiral further into their addiction because they believe they are irredeemable. So why bother to stay sober?
With that kind of attitude, their shame will exacerbate, and of course, shame will not motivate them to seek professional help. And if they are already in therapy, they will quit prematurely. Now let me share with you some of the common symptoms of this emotion we call shame. When we feel shame, we definitely want to hide, to disappear and pull away and bury our heads. We do not want to deal with the situation or the person, but want to run from it and hide. So when we really don't want to call our mother, talk to our boss about our failed project, or to make an apology to a friend for something we did, we are probably feeling some emotions of shame. Another symptom is negative self-talk and self-blaming. When we start blaming ourselves and heaping shame on ourselves, we are often feeling the emotions of shame. We are blaming ourselves for what is going on. Let's say if our mother criticizes our choice of snacks we offer the kids, and we start beating ourselves up with our self-talk and think, "Well, I must be a bad mother. I can't even feed my children nutritious food." Then we are probably experiencing the emotion of shame. Next symptom is reacting in anger. Experiencing the feelings of shame can cause us to react in anger. Blaming and yelling at others keep us from examining the feelings of shame we are feeling. This, of course, also deflects the responsibility from us. So, if we respond in anger and accusations to our boss, saying our presentation needs more work, we are probably feeling the emotion of shame. Another common symptom of shame is seeking relief in addictions. When we look to any substance, right, such as food, alcohol, movies, sleep, work, sex, love, relationships. Or something else to relieve our uncomfortable emotions, we may be experiencing the emotion of shame. So, when indulging too much, often causes a cycle of shame. Why? Because then we feel bad for our addictions. Let's say when we keep scrolling through Instagram and watching Netflix instead of dealing with our emotions we are experiencing from our blow-up with our significant other, more likely than not, we are experiencing the emotions of shame. Now, my audience, let me make it clear: feeling the emotions of shame is perfectly normal. We humans are meant to feel all emotions, including the uncomfortable ones. So please do not shame yourself for feeling shame. Just like any other emotions, such as jealousy, envy, anxiety, and depression, they are just trying to communicate something to us and keep us safe. Now, my audience, where we get in trouble is when the emotions are also triggering lies about our identity that we believe, or more often than not, we don't even know we believe until someone—well, most likely a professional—who pointed it out to us. Let's say you show up to work on Halloween day. 
and everybody is in a costume except you because you didn't get the memo. Okay, so you may feel awkward or mortified, and that is natural and normal, right? We are self-aware enough to realize we are not keeping the social rules of the event. However, will everyone feel shame about being in the wrong clothes? Of course not. One person may blow it off and laugh at it because it's not really your fault. You did not get the memo. You may feel a little bit embarrassed, all right, but not shame. Another person may internalize the feelings and think it reveals a flaw within them. Or worse, they start to make up stories of why they didn't get the memo. That's when shame develops, and we believe a lie about ourselves. And guess what? We go further down the rabbit hole when we misinterpret those feelings to say something about our identity and not belonging. Or the feelings trigger past times we didn't belong and fit in, and we instantly jump to the conclusion that once again we are not part of the group and don't belong. Sure, we may not be dressed in the attire as everyone else, but that doesn't diminish our worth as a human being or mean we don't fit in. Think about that. Shame causes us to think we are defective. It's our fault. There's something wrong with us, and it diminishes our identity. So, my dear audience, now that we know what the emotions of shame feel like and how it instinctively causes us to act, we can be more aware. Now, aware of what? For starters, make sure you do not judge yourself for feeling the emotions of shame. Feelings are neither good or bad; they just are trying to tell us something. And the emotions of shame are trying to tell us to deal with something that we don't want to, or that something is wrong and needs to be dealt with. We need to examine why we are feeling this way and see what they are trying to communicate to us. Please, please understand that shame does not come from the feelings we are experiencing or the event, but from owning and believing the lies of shame we adopt as truth about our identity, such as the lies that we are unworthy, we are unlovable, we are not enough, we don't belong, and so on and so forth. So, what are we going to do every time when we feel shame? As I said many times before, we have to be aware because when there is no awareness, we cannot change anything. So, be aware of when you feel the emotions of shame. Do not ignore or avoid. Identify the lie that shame is trying to tie to your identity by bringing it into the light. So, how do we do that? We do that by cultivate enough awareness about shame to name it and speak to it. Because when we do that, we have basically cut it off at the knees. The less we talk about shame, the more power it has over our lives. Getting beyond shame means acknowledging it and sharing our experiences with the trusted people in our lives, the ones who know we aren't perfect 
and love us anyway. Their empathy will allow us to keep our sense of shame in perspective, as well as help us come up with strategies for dealing with it. So, if you don't have somebody like that, speak to a professional. By acknowledging shame, we refuse to let it fester or define us. So when we bury the story by not talking about it, we forever stay the subject of the story. If we own the story, we get to narrate the ending. So rewrite our story, so to speak. Another way to face shame head-on is to untangle what you are feeling. Let's say you did something bad, and someone said you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, wait a minute. Should you? Or perhaps what you really should be experiencing is guilt, healthy guilt. If you wonder why I mentioned healthy guilt, because there is healthy guilt and unhealthy. Healthy guilt is correcting, knowing that you did something wrong that is against your values, and you don't like to be that person. Therefore, you wish to correct your behavior. Whereas unhealthy guilt is condemning, nothing to do with your conscience. Next is to learn to unhitch what you do from who you are. Let's face it. We all want others to admire what we bring to the table, whether on the job, at home, in our communities, or in the world. But think about that: what happens if they don't like our contribution? So, if our self-worth is attached to what we create or offer, the answer is that we may very well be devastated by a sense of shame that can cause us to retreat or lash out. We might say to ourselves, "I'm an idiot." That's the last time I suggest an idea in a meeting. So, my audience, if we define ourselves by what we do, we have put the power of our happiness in the hands of others. So, separating what we do from our sense of self-worth comes with an important benefit. When your whole identity isn't on the line, you find yourself freer to create. Take risks and be innovative. Okay, so you may be disappointed if the world doesn't meet your efforts with applause, but it's not going to be so crushing in the way that shame can be. Instead, you can look at both praise and condemnation with the perspective they deserve. Absorb any helpful critiques, learn from it, and then move on. Another way to dissolve shame is to recognize our own triggers. You see, one of shame's sneakiest tricks is its ability to hit us where we are most vulnerable. Let's say a new mom who secretly feels out of her depth is more likely to feel shame when her parenting style is questioned. Or a man who worries that he doesn't measure up as a provider may see his significant other's comment about the neighbor's new car as an attempt to shame him, rather than an innocent observation. So, my audience, in short, our insecurities prime us to default to shame. So, by being aware of what our shame triggers are, we can help nip this process in the bud. Feel shame settling over you. Try to identify the feeling behind it before it can amplify. In her research, Dr. Brene Brown discovered a variety of shame categories. Guess what? 
the primary shame trigger for women still remains physical appearance, and as for men, it's the fear of being perceived as weak. So my audience, rather than give in to these triggers, seek to ban them from your life. Embrace who you are, rather than struggling to fulfill an outside notion of who you should be. All right. Last and definitely not least is to make connections. Now, shame is at its essence a fear of disconnection. By reaching out to family and friends, to our communities, to society, or to our idea of a higher power, we can make connections that allow us to learn to accept ourselves and other people as well. Recent research shows that. The sense of connection also boosts our compassion for ourselves, meaning we are more likely to handle our shame without resorting to measures such as numbing the pain with drugs or alcohol, or lashing out at those around us, or giving in to shame's message that we are indeed bad. Being connected also means we can be there for others when the need arises. Just by saying to someone, "I know how you feel because I know what shame feels like." Just by saying those simple words, it can work miracles for those who are suffering in shame. All right, my dear audience, I hope the information has been helpful, and thank you for tuning in. And I appreciate you. So until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to talk shame. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. dot com. <laughs> <laughs>